Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. The church needs to rise. We also need to learn how to laugh. And although this is really not funny, (laughs) it kind of is. So here it goes. Here's Uncle Joe today with the uh, United Nations. Intermingled with great pain, we've lost so much to this devastating devastating pandemic. The emergence of new technologies and global health and, and a global health threat council, council toward global COVID response, the global COVID <laughs> response, vaccinating the world and building back better from the borderless climate crisis from the United States and other from other donors. Working with com- countries, technologies to reduce the rest, the risk. Similarly, we know the bitter string of terrorism. The bitter sting of terrorism is, is real. The United States is committing to use, committed to using our resources. When the earthquake strikes, we're fighting between warm, warring parties, heroic, horrific violence, heroic. and a belief in the u- universe. When it occurs in, whether it occurs in LGBTQI, the authoritarianism of the world. Proud Moldovans built, broke, now, together. Climactic <laughs> climate change. Can't. From COVID to climate. We, you and I, God bless you all. <laughs> we, you and I, from climactic to climate to climax to orgasmic. I don't know. I don't know. I, my name is Joe Biden, and I, I'm not sure if I approve of this message. But the poor guy, the poor guy, my foot, here's the deal. Everyone was super interested in invoking the 25th Amendment regarding President Trump, who is perfectly sane. He might not like him, but he's perfectly sane, right? Where's Nancy? Where are the Republicans? Marjorie Taylor Greene's, you know, adding daily to our impeachment articles. But what about the 25th? This guy is clearly unfit. And Kamala's probably crapping bricks about right now. Every time you see her, even in front of a camera, she's completely stressed out, thinking, my God, am I going to have to take this thing over? I mean, listen, I said from the beginning I was not going to mock this boondoggle of a regime. But I got to tell you, um, I'm human like the rest of you. And at some point, even God laughs at his enemies. And, you know, I want to clarify something. Um, the Department of Homeland Security, as well as the FBI and others in our, quote, national security apparatus, has made it abundantly clear that the rhetoric, the rhetoric, which is, which is actually a four-letter word whenever it comes to narratives, right, and in the media space, rhetoric is like, blah, 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 right? And rhetoric really has a very negative connotation. Look it up. And so the rhetoric of the of the national security apparatus is this anyone who questions 
literally anyone who questions that this regime is a legitimate government or and or presidency, okay, it is subject to being placed on the Department of Homeland Security's watch list. I'm not kidding you. It's right there at DHS.gov. Top three things. Uh, conservatives uh, who believe that the election is not legitimate, this government is not legitimate, and uh, what was the other one? All right, it was election, uh, conservative. I think the only thing we left off was Caucasian. Um, but effectively, you know, anyone, by reason of deduction, you can surmise what it is they are eluding uh, to whenever it comes to who, who's the guy you should watch out for. And you got to know, you've got liberals who live around you who are legit turning you in <laughs> for any number of things. You know, see something, say something. I, I retweeted something for DHS today. You know, see something, say something. I'm like, dear Texans, right? Dear Texans, see something, say something. I mean, what are, what exactly are we looking for? The white person? Are we looking for the Christian? Are we looking for the person who doesn't buy the election results of 2020? Yes, all of those things are listed as potential um, domestic terrorists. I wish I was kidding, but I'm not. And so here's what I have to say about that. And I am 100% sober-minded about this. I have Never encouraged people to become violent. And I know that is well within the purview of my rights as a citizen of the United States of America that's supposed to be governed by the Constitution of the United States of America. I know that I still have a right to think and feel and speak freely. I know that I can believe in my heart, my mind, my soul, and my reasonable, logical mind, that there, that that this is not a legitimate government. Okay, while so, if you're going to edit my show, make sure you get this part ready. While simultaneously adhering to the laws of the land. Yes, I know. It's not exactly the fringe right, ex- you know, expression you you thought you would hoped to capture me in. But I'm just telling you that you are absolutely capable of doing both. You are still free, ladies and gentlemen, to have an opinion. You are still free to think what you want about the election of 2020. You are still free to speak about the election of 2020. The Second Amendment, the First Amendment, the Third Amendment, our Bill of Rights is still intact. It's simply not being acknowledged. But it's still there, kind of like our Bible. People don't know what's in it, so they don't exercise their jurisdiction. They don't rise up in their jurisdiction in the earth, not just this country, because they don't know what's in it. Kind of like the Constitution. People don't know what's in it. And then the people who are supposed to know what's in it and and to protect it and to protect us and to protect each other in the laws of the land. 
or simply ignoring it. We are in very dangerous times when as a media personality, I am in danger of who knows what for having an opinion about this particular government while adhering to the laws of the land. Now, I imagine somewhere someone will work very stealthily to change laws regarding media and what we are allowed to say because that's where we are. That's where we are. There are people, January 6th prisoners, who are still there who were told at their hearings, that pre-trial hearings, that they'll have to sit in prison because they still don't believe that the election was legitimate and because President Trump is still talking about the election not being legitimate, they have to stay in prison because they pose a threat to society. I want you to hear me when I say that. According to this Department of Justice... You pose a threat to society if you uh, remotely believe or parrot, online or otherwise, to your neighbors at a barbecue. See something, say something. And I'm not one to want you to be suspicious of your neighbors. I just want you to be aware of the inherent risks that you are taking right now along with me and many, 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 many others of actually exercising your constitutional rights. But if you stop exercising your constitutional rights, you deserve the fascism that is coming your way. And whenever I say we do not stand a chance of recovering the House in 2022, I'm still holding out hope for a miracle. Honestly, whenever I say a miracle, I'm talking about God. Whatever that's going to look like in the way of Arizona, Georgia now, this judge wants wants our ballots to go back uh, to the Georgia Bureau Investi- of Investigations uh, to, be, to be audited, right? I mean, it's unbelievable. Another two-month delay, two months in order for them to take a look at the ballots first and determine whether or not there's even a reason to look at the ballots. Even though all of that work has been done, the judge punts. Again, this is nothing new in the state of Georgia. Absolutely nothing. And so you have to ask yourself, do you really stand a snowball's chance in hell of having a free and fair election uh, with regard to a, a midterm, congressional midterm or presidential? Do you? With the things that are still in place. And see, when I say that, I'm not fomenting. I'm not inciting anything. I am... I am expressing my opinion based on exactly what Sidney Powell wrote in her most recent piece. And I'm going to read that to you because I know most of you do not have the time or will not take the time to go and read it. All right, you ready? This is published in defendingtherepublic.com. Org. Again, that's DefendingTheRepublic.org. This is a piece that Sydney wrote recently. The untold election case that should have stopped the coup. Why Nancy Pelosi had to hurry on January 6th by Sydney 
Powell. Ready, here we go. Among other conservatives that stood up for President Trump amidst the theft of the 2020 election, the legal team that became Defending the Republic challenged election results in multiple states and produced hundreds of pages of evidence of widespread election fraud. I'm going to repeat that again. Defending the Republic challenged election results in multiple states and produced hundreds of pages of evidence of widespread election fraud. The left's mantra of, quote, no evidence is pure propaganda. As the world watched, our four fraud cases across the disputed states were dismissed by each of four federal judges. The courts threw out the cases on the Democrats' quote talking points, technicalities, many of which were pulled from the dustbin of legal history. Not a single of our cases was heard. Despite hundreds of affidavits, statistical studies proving mathematical impossibilities, disappearance of mail ballots, mysterious appearances of perfect ballots, evidence of technological manipulation of the vote, and even video of women pulling suitcases from under tables under a staged pipe burst evacuation and of ballot workers shoving the same ballots through the machines repeatedly, coinciding with an impossible spike in votes all for Biden. All this was set against a backdrop of an unprecedented and inexplicable stoppage of vote counting across multiple states, followed by the appearance of hundreds of thousands of votes in block injections for Biden somehow overcoming by a slim margin what was previously a massive shortage of Biden votes. It appeared that the courts were afraid to hear the cases. Americans who had counted on our Article Three courts to take up these issues to protect the Republic and our Constitution were left to wonder if this was the law, cowardice, or corruption in the courts. The entire Article Three judiciary put its collective head in the sand on the most important issue to face the republic. This was a constitutional crisis. We had one silver bullet that made them all panic. Our fifth and final election law case did not challenge the election of any single state. Instead, it raised a constitutional challenge to the Electoral Count Act itself. The Electoral Count Act was passed by Congress in, Congress in 1887 and sought to alter the effect of the 12th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. The 12th Amendment provides that in a disputed election, the vice president would shift the determination of the election to the House, where the House of Representatives chooses the president by, quote, one vote per state delegation a fitting design as House members are elected every two years and therefore subject to their constituents' viewpoints more directly than senators with six-year terms. The Electoral Count Act shifted the determination of the election away from the House to a bicameral process. Under the 12th Amendment, one vote per state delegation, in 2020, Republicans had a substantial lead with 27 states where Republicans outnumbered Democrats. Three states were repre where representation was tied and 20 states where the Democrats led. If the 12th Amendment applied, Trump may or may not have won outright as some Republicans opposed him. However, 
as long as Biden were denied the majority of tax of states, then Pence would have been the victor. In either case, Biden would have properly been denied the presidency. Repeat that. In either case, Biden would have properly been denied the presidency. Our case, Louis Gohmert et al. Applicants v. Michael R. Pence, Vice President of the United States, challenged use of the electoral count as unconstitutional. Our filing was immediately brought to the attention of Nancy Pelosi, who sought to become party and oppose us. But Representatives McCarthy and Scalise opposed her in an internal House leadership vote. McCarthy and Scalise supported Gohmert in the application of the 12th Amendment. Republican leadership's opposition prevented Pelosi from being able to join as a party to the lawsuit. So instead, she was forced to file an amicus brief. We filed for an injunction at SCOTUS on January the 6th, the day of the electoral count. We filed electronically and had a congressman deliver the paper filing required by SCOTUS. The congressman was turned back by Capitol Hill Police due to the unrest. We succeeded in getting the case docketed at 3.51 p.m. on January 6th. Given Pelosi's participation as amicus, she would receive notice of the Gohmert filing for an injunction with the Supreme Court. She would understand that Justice Alito could alone enter an injunction against use of the Electoral Count Act because he is the circuit justice for Louis Gohmert's district. Abandoning any concern for mass COVID infection from the deplorables in the Capitol, Pelosi fired her political kill shot. She shockingly announced at 6.30 p.m. that members would resume the count at 8 p.m., just hours after Michael Byrd killed Ashley Babbitt and demonstrators were still in the Capitol. While Vice President Pence presided over the ceremony, curiously, it was Pelosi herself who announced counting would resume. At 8, the process promptly resumed. Objections failed to prevent Biden's election, and the joint session was dissolved by Pence at 3.44 a.m. Notably, Pelosi's rush to restart at 8 p.m. did not prevent the process's continuation to January 7th. Members could have gone home to rest and resumed the vote early in the morning without losing a day. In other words, nothing would have changed regarding the date of the completion of the count. The absurdity of driving Congress to complete a process amidst such unrest was driven by something entirely different. Speaker Pelosi had to act quickly to prevent Justice Alito from enjoining application of the Electoral Count Act and throwing a big wrench in the Democrats' coup. The next morning, with no comment, SCOTUS denied the injunction without prejudice. A rapid response as Pelosi had already beaten the court to it. Had Pelosi not rushed, the outcome of the case could have been different, and the president as well. That is written by Sidney Powell. Again, you can find that at defendingtherepublic.org. And the title of this piece, again, is The Untold Election Case That Should Have Stopped the Coup. Why Nancy Pelosi Had to Hurry on January 6th by Sidney Powell. I hope you listen to this again to take in what I just read to you. So when people tell you that those of us who we're just fomenting Trump hacks, right? We're just inciting Trump hacks with regard to the election of 2020. 
Nothing could be further from the truth. I have never been a Trump cultist. And if Joe Biden won the election fair and square in 2020, we would not be having this conversation. I would not have just spent this uh, last nine months of my life um, seeking justice regarding our constitutional rights, where our elections are concerned, knowing fully well that in my state of Georgia, all forms of shenanigans have occurred. I'm not an insider. I'm not a fomenter. I do not believe in uh, you guys, you know, wanting to take your guns. And I mean, I see more and more of that rhetoric on my profile and on my threads rather on Twitter. And I don't catch all of you, but whenever I do see it, I will stop you in your tracks to say, you know, will you please just think about what you're saying? And, you know, I'm not going to stop speaking truth about a matter because some of you can't control yourselves. I'm not responsible for your actions. I'm not a socialist that way. Now, I do believe that there is responsibility to be taken on behalf of a media who spent the better half of four years of our lives literally, who knew they were lying to you, which now indictments are coming forth to prove that media was fomenting and inciting and lying to the American people to divide us as pure propagandists. Those people, 100%, at some point, on some level, should have to account for spewing propaganda based on things that had zero evidence, none, none whatsoever. And now all of that is coming forth. But it's really unreasonable to think that's going to happen. And so I try to prepare you for the fact that we live in unlawful times so that you don't get crazy and you don't lose your peace and you don't lose your families and your sleep and your health and your jobs and you don't end up in jail. Right, So you can actually enjoy your neighbors and learn how to talk about something else other than politics in a jab. Because there's so much more going on. And in the coming days, I'm more and more convinced after more conversations that I have daily around the area, around the issue of supply chains, I'm more and more convinced that you are all going to have to coalesce. You're going to have to care for one another. And see, they've positioned you to be afraid of your neighbors, and that's important in order to take a country down from the inside. It's almost like an autoimmune disease. If you would look at our federal government currently as the uh, harbingers, as the, as the stokers, right, of inflammation within our body as a nation. Some of you have autoimmune diseases, so you know what I'm talking about. It's whenever your body turns against itself. And really, a lot of those things, sure, they can be genetic and passed down, and they can be environmental, without doubt. Some of those things, if you follow the root system back, it's because you're listening to stinking thinking about yourself. Maybe there's guilt, there's shame, there's regret. That's unresolved. And having worked in a ministry for many years regarding disease um, and any effects of your thinking on your body, Right? You scientists and doctors out there know what I'm saying is true. This isn't hocus pocus weird stuff. This is absolute truth. Jesus himself said, as a man thinketh, so is he. So all of your health really does begin in your thoughts. So whenever you're thinking about psychological warfare, 
and you're thinking about a psyop, and we like to think we're crafty and cute and sexy with our little hashtag psyops, you know, and hashtag Q uh, and all of that, right? It's just a psyop. And I'm like, do you guys even know what a psyop means? And do you understand how it it takes a foothold in your psyche ultimately to take down your physical health and your communal health? Because that is the goal. It's super simple. It is not emotional. It is extremely pragmatic. It is something that has been utilized in war for eons and eons and eons. Matter of fact, we can go right back to the garden when this whole war started. Actually, we could go back to the heavenlies when your first politician presented himself in the way of Satan whenever he canvassed for a third of heaven to go with him, and they did. So for those Christians who like to tell you that God is not involved in politics, God does not care about government, I would submit to you that it is entirely possible to govern without politics and that God is absolutely 150,000% involved in governance because thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is a government. God does not have open borders. God is not part of an open border society. He is open to all who will come to him. And might I remind us that it is God who draws people. So while we're all busy judging who's going to hell, who's going to heaven, who did go to hell, who did go to heaven, who we definitely don't want to go to heaven because we might be stuck sitting next to them for eternity at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I also submit to you that some of us are going to be like, how the heck did you get here? (laughs) When what we need to be saying is, praise the Lord, I made it. Amen? And so God draws people. He is the one who adds to the church daily, not us. We go, we plant. We go, we share. We go, we bring the kingdom of heaven to people so that they're like, okay, why would I want to follow anything else? Why would I want to follow lies when the truth is so prolific and the truth is so real? Fun fact, did a word study last evening. Love it, love it, love it. I love etymology of words, and I'm studying the word truth as it pertains to the Greek, right? And in the Greek, that word truth, you know what it means? Oh, this is so good, y'all. Reality. Reality, right? So good. I mean, that's good stuff because a lot of you are like, I don't even know what to believe. Well, that's part of the psychological warfare, and that is with a very real purpose for a very real outcome on behalf of some really crappy actors who are just simply not liberty-centric because they are influenced by the kingdom of oppression. And you can tell them by their fruit. And so it, it is incumbent upon you to keep your peace during these times and to understand with whom it is you are battling. And it's not enough to just parrot cute little scriptures, Ephesians 6, right? Ephesians 6 and 12. No, it's a matter of application. It is a matter of application. The Bible says that the truth is reality. Now, for those of you who love the whole red pill, blue pill scenario, right? The Matrix. You just love that. And great series, a great trilogy, by the way. Um, But people are like, oh, you're just red pilled. No, actually, I'm not red pilled. I'm truth pilled. And yes, my brain has absolutely been washed and has continued 
to being washed by the washing of the water of the word, because I'm told that that is how I renew my mind in order to live in actual reality in the chaos of this world. I can still live abundantly as Christ prescribed. And you can too. So yes, it is possible to love that crazy, you know, liberal next door neighbor who is suspicious of you, um, who, you know, is all up in your business, who might report you, who has got the unity stickers on everything, you know, and, and screw Trump and whatever, all that stuff they like to do. Right. And then here we are with our up Biden campaigns and I get it. I, I really do. And you know, if that's what, if, if that's, what people are doing to blow off the steam instead of taking to the streets against their neighbors. I understand that, but it sure would be a lot more beneficial and healthy for us as a nation. If we would rally together, it just would, if we would rally around reality because we really legitimately go watch the trilogy of the matrix with your kids. If you want to know how to have a conversation with your kids, go watch that let them know that this is in fact what we are living through. Spiritually speaking, in this earth, I'm not talking about politics. Some of you are really afraid to address politics. Well, then don't address governance because us having an open border right now, where some of you think the Haitians are actually being flown back to Haiti, <laughs> and it doesn't make sense to you. And I'm like, well, of course it doesn't make sense because it's not it's not sense. It's not true. Quit second guessing your gut, and your spirit about things. Can I please encourage you to do that? You don't need me to tell you what's real and what's not. You don't need Tucker to tell you. You don't need pundits. It helps to have confirmation, but God is legitimately sitting right there waiting to confirm and affirm some things for you about reality. And when you study the truth of God as a person, as a man, who came here and took on flesh, became flesh, became flesh for our salvation to bring us the truth, to bring us reality of what's really going on in this battle of Ephesians 6 and 12, right? The family feud that began way before we ever got here. It began whenever Satan fell like lightning from the sky. They saw him fall like lightning. So sure, for those of you who are like big, but what do you think about Big Bang, Monica? I'm like, well, okay. For all I know, the Big Bang was Satan getting his butt kicked out of heaven. Why Why would that not make sense? Listen, I'm not a spooky Christian. I'm not afraid to ask questions, obviously. And I and the relig- people with religious spirits, they hate that. Absolutely hate it. Can't stand it. They're the Puritans. And that's a, you know, hopefully, <coughs> excuse me, hopefully they'll come to, you know, the truth pill for themselves, but I just see God is very relational. I don't think he's out to get us. And even though Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are trying to push for, you know, basically an in your face to the deep church to say, um, you know, we're going to abort you. We're going to give you permission to abort children. Ha ha, Texas, you think you won? Well, we're going to make it illegal for you to make things illegal. <laughs> I mean, who does that sound like? Right, we're going to allow women to abort their children up to birth. I mean, who thinks of that? Who other than the demons, <laughs> agents of death, hell, and destruction? Who else would think of that? Who else would think of that? So the best weapons we have are not carnal, 
right? They're spiritual. And so, gosh, if we spend as much time praying for these yahoos as we do criticizing them, man, there's no telling what we could do. I don't know. I'm kind of feeling like we're dealing with Pharaoh, right? Where God's like, okay, go back and tell them that I am, and I said to do this. And and Moses goes back, and he's like, okay, the great I am said this, and you're supposed to do that, and let my people go, right? And then Pharaoh's like, okay, fine. And then the locusts come upon them, and then God hardens his heart, right? And those guys had to have been like, what the heck, man? We got the frogs, the locusts, we've got the blood and the water. I mean, one minute you tell us we can go, the next minute, you know, one minute Trump's coming back, the next minute he's not, then there's, you know, voter Arizona audits, I mean, all this stuff. Every week you tell us to keep holding on, and then something else happens, and we have a border crash, and we have an invasion, and then we have Afghanistan, and some of you, again, are parroting the wrong narrative every time you say, you know, they failed. No, they didn't fail. There's a difference between, oops, that's not how we thought it was going to go, <laughs> and executing a plan, because that's exactly how it was intended to go. And again, some people may hear me and go, oh, I cannot believe you are stoking it up. No, I'm not, because I believe, I believe wholeheartedly in government, I do. I don't believe in a big government. I can tell you that because I don't think it takes that much. There are only 12 disciples. So I don't think it takes a big government. I think it takes a big God. And I think it takes submission to a big God. But I do believe that there is a bridge between the kingdom of heaven, which is all about some liberty for all men who are all created equal under one race. So get you some of that. I absolutely 100% believe that we are capable of governing this country with godly, liberty-centric principles. And if we don't, we're never going to get it back. Because God gives us the ingenuity. He gives us the discernment, the wisdom, the will to do good, the will to thrive, the will to help others, the will to have a prosperous economy, the ingenuity with regard to technology that serves our country, serves mankind, serves to keep us safe first and those who cannot keep themselves safe. The will to stop trafficking our children and enslaving people. Those are all big God things. When you look around and you're like, oh my gosh, God's abandoned us. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. We have abandoned God. And because we rejected God's truth, God's reality, we're all living in a fog. And the fog of war is more dense for some of you than others. And I hope that whenever you listen to the show, that if you take nothing else away, that some of that fog lifts for you. Because that is God's will for you. It is God's will for us to be one nation under him. And we can get there. I don't know that we've ever been there, to be quite honest with you. Perhaps. And I'm seeing 
more and more of you subtly trying to poke people and prod with, and even people with super mega followings compared to mine who are like, you know, well, at some point, you know, we're just, we're going to have to do something. And if I see you post that crap, the first thing I'm going to ask is, oh yeah, what? I mean, come on. No, no, you don't get to draw other people into traps and snares and your followers and listeners. And then unless you are working for a three letter agency and that's your purpose. And if that's the case, shame on you. And you guys need to be aware and get your feelings in check. There are still constitutional things that we can exercise in this country with regard to our laws. But I'm going to tell you now, huh, without godly intervention, we will never see another fair and free election. I just don't believe it. And you can call that whatever you want to call it. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm also not a conspirator. I don't believe in it. What, what would I have to conspire for? <laughs> I'm literally sitting here talking to you about the word of God, which is what my truth, my plumb line. It is the truth according to what I believe. And I state that unapologetically. I have to. I don't have a choice. Because when your life has been as affected as mine has with the faithful word of God, the truth with his reality, you can't deny that. You just can't. And I can't get on these airwaves and lie to you and tell you that God has abandoned us and God's angry with us because he has not abandoned us and he is summoning us unto himself. So while everybody's waiting on the next Republican or President Trump to come back or a Hail Mary or the Supreme Court or Sidney Powell or Lynn Wood or anyone else, you know, the champions of, of, of liberty, honestly, and law, I don't think anyone's interested in upending a legitimate election. If they were, I certainly wouldn't be a part of it. Because all of you deserve to live in freedom, all of us. Now, I could switch and pivot to this conversation about Joy Reid and her comment today about you just don't see that kind of coverage about you know, this little girl that was found uh, apparently murdered. Um, allegedly, I think her, her boyfriend, fiance, is like, you know, suspect numero uno. It's been a mess. I haven't really kept up with it. My daughter has on TikTok and, um, you know, she, she's found it to be quite tragic. I do as well. Apparently this young lady was the victim of a lot of mental abuse. I don't know about physical, um, you know, and some of you have just made a, you know, that whole 50 shades of cray and all that mess that everybody loved and got off on quite literally, um, you know, because our men, we've just sucker punched them right into estrogenville. And so now, you know, we think somebody who's diabolically, you know, sexually crazy, who is really a sociopath, who would like to chain you up and beat the crap out of you for stuff. Um, you know, and if you're into that, I'm not trying to shame you, do your thing. But as for me, you know, I kind of look at that like, hmm, interesting. And so what we do is we have a generation of young women who find that normal whenever someone's abusive. We have romanticized it, right? Because we won't take our truth pill. We want to take the entertainment pill. We want to take uh, the fluid pill. 
the kumbaya, the everyone's gender fluid. You could be Steve and you can be Eve all in one day, right? And again, I've, I've, I've spent my ministry time ministering to people who are extraordinarily confused around their sexuality, not their gender, because there's only two sexes, male and female. Gender is a social construct. Let's get that narrative straight. That would be helpful. You know, one race, two sexes, multiple genders. Yeah, I know. Some of you are like dissonant. What? But that's the reality. That is the truth. <laughs> so as we've come to know science and the truth over, you know, all these years that it worked, right? So we have made abuse sexy and entertaining. And then we wonder why a young lady as beautiful as her would be trapped in something that apparently, allegedly, again, I have not followed this story. I just know that we have a young lady who is no longer with us. That's very grievous. And wouldn't you know it, the great oppressors of all things decent and civilized take to the airwaves to, you know, this opportune moment to align with Satan and his narrative around woe is us. No one covers black murders and abductions like this. And I'm thinking, and this is coming from Joy Reid and others, but you know, I just want to look at Joy and go, ma'am, do you realize that you are a media personality? And I don't know if you've ever covered cases of black women who have been abducted or Latina women, you know, Latinas who have been abducted or Asian women who have been, I don't, I don't know if you've done that. And I'm not really sure other than TikTok, why this case has become such a sensation, probably because people followed these kids before this ever happened. And so it became like this real time, you know, thing um, like a, like a drama. Now imagine that. I mean, my daughter has followed this, like it's some mini series again, entertainment, right? goes back to my rant yesterday about court TV. As soon as I saw that come up, I knew our judiciary was screwed. Toast, toast into the road for justice. <laughs> we started putting, uh, television cameras in the courtroom. <laughs> Some of you think I'm being hyper-religious about that. Really? Have you seen our court system lately? Have you seen, you know, what a, I mean, everything is entertaining. Everything is theater. When I see Matt Gates tweet, uh, Trump Menage 2024, and I'm like, wow, with everything going on right now in our country, people legitimately at home who just walked off their jobs because of jabs that are completely unconstitutional to force you to take on so many levels. And the best you've got is Trump Minaj 2024. Pissed me off like nobody's business. Excuse my language. But I thought, wow. And y'all can think what you want to and have your little Matt Gates crushes and all that mess. That was so inappropriate, just uncouth. And not because I'm not a fan of Nicki Minaj, because it's entertainment. It's theater. And we have very real life problems. And I feel for a lot of you, I really do. And I think it's a real shame that we would spend any amount of time at all complaining about how one 
ethnicity is covered over another when we have millions of people being enslaved as as I'm speaking, as you're listening. There are people being drugged right now, being forced into anal rape, vaginal rape. No, we're going to put it out there because that's what it is. You You need to, I don't mean to defile you, but that's how serious it is. Gang rapes, drugged out of their minds, being tortured. That's what's happening around the globe right now to all ethnicities. So I take exception to that as a woman who is a very well-known media personality taking a, a stab over ethnic issues that she could very easily cover on her own show. And I'll be honest with you, it's kind of encouraged me to go, hmm, how many black females have actually been, uh, how many stories are out there? I mean, usually they're local, right? But I I don't know how many national stories have been brought to the attention of Americans about uh, black or uh, Latina or or Asian women who have been abducted and, and murdered. I mean, I know half the country burned down over Breonna Taylor. And that story is really interesting with regard to, you know, half the country says that she was a victim of police brutality. The other half of the country says, you know, well, she was dating a drug dealer. She had alleged, um, you know, upon her death, she was involved in some, sketch things allegedly i don't know those are the stories that have circulated right the police report is certainly quite different but listen with all the suspicion around law enforcement these days i mean can you can you truly can you expect people to have a trust of law enforcement i mean the narratives have been hijacked but it doesn't do away with the fact that governance and law and law enforcement are imperative to a civilized society. So when you can swim through all of the soot and the brouhaha and all the lies and you grab a hold of the truth, which is, according to the Greek lexicon, is reality. When you can see reality for what it is, then you can start to make a difference in your respective communities. And that is ultimately my prayer for you guys. Take care of your families. Take care of you first. Get your head on straight. Get your spirit on straight. Commune with the Lord. You'll be able to make great governing decisions. You'll be able to see right through the veil of crap that Satan's trying to feed you on a daily basis through a number of mediums. All right? Okay. Have a good evening. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow, God willing, in the creek, don't rise, and all that other stuff. And uh, be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. Remember, if you're an American, act like one.